Okay, so I was thinking, like, in regards to plot hooks, what would be something in real life that would hook you enough that it would make you go into a real dungeon? If a person came running out with an armload of, like, gold coins, and he says, there's so much more, can you help me get it all? Oh. I would run into that dungeon. You would? That just sounds like a trap. That's like a guy in a van saying, I have candy in the van. But for okay, adults. Maybe it would be someone I know. It's, it's someone I already know. See, I was thinking it would be like, okay, my, my wife is in there. Like captured. Oh, no. Oh, she's, she's dead. <laughs> Absolutely she's not. <laughs> I know exactly what You'd would You'd have to weigh your options. In a dungeon. Okay, I'm very interested in what would <laughs> so I'm, I'm, just, I'm just imagining, you know, walking down a street. And I see a homeless man, or what I think is a homeless man. And uh, you know, I'm walking story. by. I hear him like like talking to himself, but he's actually like trying to talk to me. And then I I, I listen to him for a second. You know, you know the the polite thing to do. And he's like, "Oh, there's treasure in that dungeon <laughs> over there." And he like pulls out like a gold coin, and it's like an actual gold coin. I'm just like, "Oh," and I'm just like, "That's weird." And then I continue on, and then I turn back to look around, and he's just vanished. <laughs> that would that would get me in. Just that's me actually pretty good. That's actually yeah. Like if I feel like gives you a I would quest, be so confused. Someone gives you a quest and then disappears. Like I mean, that would make me more inclined to go on that quest. I think, or maybe less inclined. I don't know. No, I would be. I'd be like, get me in there. I want to see what's up. Welcome to Vox Arcana. I'm William. I'm Jake. I'm David. And this is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast, episode four, Plot Hooks. What makes a plot hook great? Oh, okay. Plot hooks. This is my jam. This is my bread, butter. Wait, if it's my bread, well, butter, define, and jam. What is a plot hook, Jake? Okay, plot hook is just anything to get a character motivated to do something adventurous. And that is my definition that I just made up. Um, but I think it's basically what DMs use to get their players or subtly hint their players. Sometimes not so subtly. Um, it is a, it is the proverbial call to action. Um, and it provokes mm-hmm. adventure. So usually there's like um, the way I've heard a lot of people describe it as verbs. Um, like you can, you can really, you could just say, rescue the princess. That is a plot hook. Um, but a lot of times it, you can boil it down to just one action verb. Um, and it makes it really concise, really simple, especially when you're planning. Cause then if you have it, that one action verb, you can kind of expand later on. Mm. But some examples are like kill, find, destroy, converse. Uh, what, what are some other ones? Consume. Infiltrate. Infiltrate. Consume. <laughs> okay. Hold on. We got to stop it. Consume. Consume. <laughs> I'm back. How, so, how was no, that? Okay, just contest. This. So you are in a drinking contest, <laughs> and you have to consume more than the other person. That's actually good. You know what? That's. I feel like this is a not not a very good. Quest. It's not I'm a good a quest, quest, but that is that counts I, as a hook. I didn't like, say it was good. It's simple. <laughs> like you could even say like a hook would be win, and it could be win a race or win a contest. Oh. I mean, let's just do what's. What is your favorite, like, one action verb plot hook? Hmm. One action verb. So just one word that you, like, that's one of your favorite quests to do or your favorite hook to dangle in front of the players. Well, in in honor of us playing a game called Dungeons & Dragons, I think the word kill 
is really powerful uh-huh. because the reason we're playing D&D is because we want to hit stuff with swords and we want to cast spells and a lot of quests. In fact, probably I'm no statistician. I think most D&D quests, I'd say at least at some 60, point involve the word kill. 6.5% would be if my math's correct. But yeah, no, I, I definitely think kill is a great I mean, it, it's just a standard, you know? It's just like we talked about a lot on oh, this yeah. podcast. It's a trope. Bread and butter. Yeah. And I think also you can expand out kill to be a lot of other things. You can get even more specific because mm-hmm. kill is um, kind of vague. So you could make it um, execute or eradicate mm, or assassinate. assassinate. Yeah. See, I love the idea of being sent by like a church or something to go and execute. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Right? Like, yes. He's... He's in this abbey at the top of the hill. He is he's started a cult basically, and you have to go stop him. That's a great plot. One of my characters that I really, really am itching to play, if someone could DM for me, um, is a rogue that is lawful good that just follows his church completely, and his church just orders him to execute. Oh, heretics. so he's like an inquisitor. Like I just, oh. yeah, he, yeah. I but it's a love rogue, that, which is like traditionally such a scoundrel. But he but play him like a paladin. Like, oh, I, that's, Whoa, I love that concept. That's juicy. Okay, so what what are other, are there any more for kill that you guys can think of? Um, um, well, you can just, for any of these verbs, you can take the opposite of it and you still get good quests. Yeah. So the opposite of kill would be protect or defend yeah. or um, conceal. Yeah. Right? Save the person. Save, yes. Right, this, this village is, is on the, uh, the edge of a volcano that's going to erupt. Mm-hmm. That's good. I think, for me, my personal favorite um, is escort. I love, 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 love like escort missions um, because it gives me as the DM an NPC um, that can either be a good <laughs> friend of the heroes uh, mm-hmm. or it can be um, some, it could just be like a snobby, annoying, arrogant, rich oh, person who's just paid just them like a lot of gold to, to, to transport them somewhere. Um, or it could be uh, it could be a serial killer that you're transporting to prison um, that's always trying to charm his way out of your clutches. Mm. Um, there, there are so many options oh, I like for I actually used that in one of my campaigns was they, they had to transport like a man who had killed like at least a hundred women and children. Oh God like just he's just a standard mass murderer. Uh, just your run-of-the-mill uh, mass wait, murderer. I think you're, you're saying he, he's a standard D&D character. Oh. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he he's a murder homeless? hobo <laughs> yeah. who actually has reproductions. <laughs> <laughs> so they were escorting him, and he acted super normal. Like, he was like a, like a sociopath. Like, he was um, very charming. Um, and, and some of my characters were eventually like, I kind of like this guy. Um, and then he eventually oh, no. like weaseled his way out and escaped. No, but like, I just love, 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 love escort missions. Um, so I think my favorite action verb, uh, for a plot hook is, is escort. Interesting. <laughs> David? Um, I think for me, there's a lot out there and it's pretty close, but I'd have to say probably infiltrate because it's really just trying to go into a location that is hostile or a threat Mm -hmm. and then you go in you're trying to either steal something or get information or maybe assassinate someone it makes some really compelling stories where you can send players into an area which they might not want to be in 
And it's not necessarily mm-hmm. required of them to kill or murder people. It's just kind of, you've got to be in this danger zone. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. I like that because it adds, it's like a hook that leads to other hooks. Yes. Because infiltrate mm-hmm. naturally will lead to steal or rescue um, or destroy. You know, it, it leads find, to yeah. another thing. Hooks that lead to other hooks are also super useful. That's really cool because I feel like Infiltrate really is this perfect broad um, plot hook because anytime you put the players in danger, that's when the game is the most interesting. And so if you're, let's say, traveling with an enemy army, pretending to be part of their army uh, for whatever reason, um, they're in constant peril and that's going to change the decisions they make. And I just love it. Yeah. I mean, I love the more I think about it, like hooks that lead to hooks that's basically just what a campaign is pretty much just just hooks that lead to (laughs) hooks like because the more i think even the standard what we talked about earlier kill um like say you were to go kill a a, a big beast in the forest then your next logical hook would be transport because you'd have to transport the body back or you know take Mm -hmm. loot it and take the loot back you know it it naturally leads to another hook um, and I think DMs can find themselves in binds when they, they leave a hook dangled out and the players succeed very quickly uh, and then they don't have a hook after. And so it kind of it leaves, literally, I guess, leaves them hanging on the yeah. hook. <laughs> hmm. I, so talking about this has just made me realize that the types of verbs that you use in your campaign for your hooks determines the type and tone of your campaign. Mm-hmm. For instance... Um, let's look at like Harry Potter's verbs versus Game of Thrones. Harry Potter's would be kind of whimsical, right? Like it's win the contest and uh, <laughs> do your homework and uh, get in a, an argument with your classmates, right? Like they're kind of like soft yeah. and yeah. Um, with occasional peril, right? Like, you know, defeat the Dark Lord. Um, scary. But then Game of Thrones is just like freaking kill, Murder. like survive, yeah. Um, travel, um, geez, like. Uh, what's what's a verb for intrigue right like lying deception infiltration yeah oh yeah that's that's so true like the even when you look at verbs like verbs are they range from kind of kind of soft to severe and and like Mm -hmm. yeah you can you can obviously kind of if you look at it go back through your campaign and look at what your hooks were along the way you can kind of tell the tone of the campaign by the hooks Mm. oh yeah I wonder if there's a way to like graph them and somehow like you assign severity to. Oh words. yeah. Because ideally, um, your campaign should really build into a more serious um, finale. At least, um, I, if you're running sort of episodically, you know, um, season to season of your campaign. That's true. I mean, I'm kind of looking at this through the, the two things you mentioned: Harry Potter and Game of Thrones, and they actually kind of have opposite arcs. Like yeah. Harry Potter starts off as very whimsical and childish and kind of family friendly and then gets slowly darker and darker and more serious. Yeah. Whereas oh, Game of Thrones starts really just dark and gritty and grim. And then it introduces more and more fantasy without mm-hmm. spoiling mm-hmm. anything, introduces more fantasy elements and it kind of becomes more noble and heroic in some forms. Yeah, um, it kind of lightens up yeah, in some ways. Yeah, so yeah, you can really kind of map plots based on it really well, surprisingly well. Interesting. I wonder if I could uh, do kind of a workup on different novels and uh, movies and just sort of list, like, here's the main, um, I guess, the main verbs of the story. And you can analyze that. Yeah. But that's beyond the purposes of our discussion. <laughs> okay, so what makes a good hook and what makes a bad hook? So how can you tell apart, you know, a good hook from a bad hook? 
So, for me, I guess the hook is based off of the success of whether or not a the group of players follow the book. I mean, put simply... So oh, it's whether it so if it's not compelling it. enough? Yeah. Wow. If it's not, oh, that's good. If it doesn't draw them to action, then it's not necessarily a good hook. Yeah, we just saw that actually in the campaign that I'm running um, in my city yeah. hex crawl adventure, mm-hmm. um, where I gave them a plot hook that said like, "Hey, some of your food is missing from your camp. Like, you don't have a way to get more, and you see footprints leading off." And David literally says. Nah, not interesting. And he just continues on with the quest. And I was just like, oh, okay. Like, it was a cool quest, but whatever, dude. Uh, But the problem was, like, no matter how good the quest is, all the players see is just what's right in front of them. That's true. And so, you know, some some sort of non-pressure scenario, which is food, which is not really a factor. Um, And then footprints, again, like, that's Mm -hmm. probably going to lead to danger, right? Like, why take a risk? Um, And there was no urgency. There was no, no clear reward. Um, I learned a lot, but really just from writing one poor hook. No, that's that's super interesting. I was just going to say one other thing on um, good and bad plot hooks for me is doing it without having an NPC approach the players. Saying like, hey, can you yeah. go save my child who is trapped by goblins? Like, that's really kind of boring to me. And if you can do it without uh, having an NPC approach and manually like give them a scroll with a quest written on it, that's... Just, I think that makes it more compelling and more interesting. You know, it's, it's interesting that you say that because um, I, recently I'm trying to get more into storytelling through the world and what yeah. the players are seeing. And so let's say you go into a village and there's no people alive to give you a quest, but you see dead bodies and you see, um, you know, a trail of blood mm-hmm. leading off into the woods. That's There's no NPC, but you definitely have created a quest in a way. Yes. Um, that, that, as far as David is concerned, is a much more interesting um, inlet in yeah. the quest. Yeah, and I, I, I think you can also play with kind of the idea of a quest giver um, or True. like an NPC plot hook. Um, you can either make the person coming up being like, oh, please, sir, you need to find my daughter. She's been taken by goblins, you know, and that person could be a lich in disguise that's trying to lead you off into a cave to ambush you. Um, you know, you could do something like as simple. This is a very, very yeah. simple um, plot hook, which is a wanted poster. Um, and you could have a wanted poster up and that, you know, the players would be on the lookout for that person. Um, but that wanted poster could have been put up by the bad guy. Um, Ooh, so I think there, there's ways you can, you can kind of play with the NPC typical quest play giver with the expectations sort and just of, kind of subvert them, which is, yeah, yeah. also makes them fun. Sounds like you, you're a big fan of twists. Huh, oh, I mean, I'm a huge fan of twists and just, just trope, um, aversion or not, not, not aversion, subversion. Um, and, and I think it's really rewarding to my players. Hopefully we might have to do a poll and I love it because when you subvert tropes enough, they will meet someone and they will be skeptical. You know, they won't just be like, Oh, he's, he's a King. He says he's a good King. People like him. He must be a good King. You know, they're, they're very like, well, I don't know if we can trust him yet, even though he has given no signs (laughs) of being, uh, just kind of a little tangent. I, when I first started playing D anD D, I uh, it, we we played a a superhero uh, type D anD D called Super Random that we created back in when I was in high school, um, and we'll probably mm. we got we got to show that off in some way. That's it's a great system that we kind of jury rigged. Oh yeah, um, it's great. So basically, you roll and get get powers and your superheroes. Um, I introduced um, an NPC uh, to the, the group of superheroes who ended up being the bad guy. 
Um, now, this was the first time any any of these people had played any role-playing at all. So I introduced this NPC. They trusted him completely. And then he betrayed them and was the bad guy. So I noticed from oh. then on out, every NPC that I introduced, they immediately distrusted. Oh, my <laughs> Because gosh. the first NPC <laughs> that they experienced was a villain in disguise. So I was like, dang it. So I think there is a fine oh, line. you ruined it. I know. So there's a fine line to play between trope subversion and just trope fulfillment, you know? Mm -hmm. um, some tropes should just be completely normal. And that will seem weird if you're in a universe where tropes are often defied. I remember my sister telling me about a campaign she played in online. And literally every NPC was an evil, disgusting <laughs> um, traitor. <laughs> she said there was no good people in the world and it was just really exhausting because it's like well what's the point if you're interacting with npcs who are exclusively yeah. bad so i think there is a balance here not every yeah. not every old lady can be a sea hag <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of sea hags in this village um so okay i, I have a question so we, we listed off a bunch of hooks um what are some hooks that are in your opinion just just bad just bad, you know, one verb hooks. Ooh. Oh, so really, it's just bad verbs. I think. Um, yeah. Oh, e explore generally can be <sighs> bad so, because it's usually it's just leading to better. Yeah, it's vague. You, there's better verbs. Like I can go say kill, and they're going to explore on the way uh, to, that's to a good the good point. Kill. Yeah. Or even escort. Um, anything that's weak. Go. Um, I think one. Uh, yeah, go goes as vague as it gets. B. <laughs> uh, no, I think one yeah. for me that's annoying is uh, collect. Yes. Um, it just feels oh, kind of like man. a video game uh, one. Um, another one. Bring me 10 wolf pelts. <laughs> another one that that's kind of can be good or bad. This one's kind of on the, the, the edge uh, is guard. Because uh, guard can be very similar to weight. Oh, no. Um, and yeah. that just makes it. <laughs> weight is a bad one. <laughs> yeah, it just makes it kind of boring. Um, and I think oftentimes that is the problem, in my opinion, with short and long rests in D&D sometimes. Um, is because they can mm -hmm. just appear like, oh, I'll keep watch, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of, it's not as severe unless you really scare them with stuff in the in the night. I think another one that can be bad is survive. Because that's kind of what your characters yeah. are already <laughs> inherently doing. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's like, yeah, play D&D. &D. <laughs> just exist. Like, oh, um, am I not doing that? I think we should list and discuss some basic plot verbs and try to build it into a really good quest just to show how easy just it is like right now to make really good oh yeah okay now. let's use five of them i'm gonna choose kill right. that's my favorite I'll, I'll take two i'll take collect since it's our least favorite and we gotta spice it up and mm. i'll say talk to because yep. that's another one that can be kind of boring okay i'll right. let me do two then i okay uh negotiate uh and escape right so we have kill, collect, negotiate, talk to, and escape? Yes. All right. So here's how I would make a quest. Um, there's a great blog I read that uh, I'll probably link in the show notes on the blog. It talks about you don't prep plots, prep situations, and the plot will flow naturally out of it. Hmm. For example, um, let's talk about Harry Potter. In, in Harry Potter, uh, in, in the second book, he winds up underground with a basilisk who's super dangerous, right? So the situation of the books kind of funnels him into this this area. So his quest was not go find the basilisk and kill it. Mm -hmm. That's boring. His It's just where he is now, and now he needs to get away or kill the basilisk, right? Mm -hmm. So 
the the situation sets up the the quest. So let's create a situation uh, for our five verbs. So we've got kill. Uh, where where do we want to start, Jake? Oh, okay. I mean, do we start with? Here's the thing: we can make this hard on us because I feel like escape is a natural conclusion, and talk to is a natural starting point yeah <laughs> um so so let's make that harder let's we reverse, reverse those okay let's just let's shoot. do elder okay. scrolls okay. okay yeah so first one okay <laughs> let's start with escape so okay we are escaping so what are the characters escaping from and where are they trying to get to oh i have an idea okay. so i'm gonna take this really heavy okay uh it's gonna be gonna be dark so listen up um this is a oh, genocide no. oh. a new ruler has taken over the land and he is called for the extermination of a certain type of person or um, magic user, whatever you want. So this is you are escaping from your village or your city, whatever, from certain death. Okay. Um, so I like that. That that that's severe. That's yeah. that's scary. That's good. Okay. So escape from genocide from people. So do the people look a certain way? So are they they going for like a certain race? Like you know, are they hunting down all halflings or half orcs? Or are they trying to root out magic users or so we're the DMs here, so we can kind so, of pick yeah, that. So what I would what I'm kind of imagining right now is you have a village and this new ruler, you have essentially like horsemen are coming in as well as a bunch of soldiers. One of them comes in, makes a decree over like the village, and you're there listening, and you realize that you're a part of this group they're trying to round up. So you're here. Let's just say it's magic users. Yeah, let's just say magic and users. And they can detect magic. So they, they just basically have to cast a spell on you to figure it out. So you're in the middle of the crowd and you have to react. Because they are like right in front of you and you cannot stay for long. Okay. I like that. Okay, so that's escape. Um, so then we would let the players choose. But what would escape lead into? What would be the next hook that would be dangling before their their eager faces? So we, we have kill, collect, negotiate, and talk to. So I'm imagining that, for me, the next, one of the easy ones to go into would be to negotiate. So you're trying to negotiate with someone yeah. for hiding. You run into, as the players are running away, they run into Escaping. an NPC, and they have to negotiate their way into seeking refuge of some sort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they... Um, they can seek someone who will get them out of the general area. So they'll talk, be talking to like a smuggler or... See, see you said talk to. So I'm going to change that. I, I think okay. it should be talk to. Okay. And they should talk to kind of a Han Solo type NPC. Yes. That has an mm-hmm. easy way out. You know, p- potentially a an easy one is a, a mage, you know, wizard that can cast teleport. Oh. Um, and they good. have to Ooh, okay. convince this, this, this is, mage to let this him out This is working. No, no. So he can cast teleport, but he doesn't have the stuff. Oh, so he needs them to, to collect. somehow collect oh. the reagents. And then we get the crappiest yeah. action verb and put it right there as a hook. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. I think we can make it interesting. What is? How can we make collect interesting? Uh, okay, I like having to collect stealthily. Like, because yes. as this is happening, mm-hmm. I'm imagining you know this invading force or these horsemen are coming in to root out and kill all the magic users. You'd have to get materials from certain houses without mm-hmm. being caught by them. Um, I was imagining that even the 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 invading force has the materials mm-hmm. that you need to collect from. So oh, so you have to pickpocket. You have to steal. Yeah, so you'd have to like, I guess, infiltrate 
and kind of collect it from them because they have the the resources that you would you require could, to get out. What if you set it up like a heist? So if they're occupying this village, um, you wait till night. You go to some mm-hmm. like bar where the the guards are partying, uh-huh. and you just you know you could gamble with them. You can bribe them. This is some uh, inglorious Ooh. bastard stuff. Oh, I love that. You set it up like a like a scene, like a heist almost. Okay, so okay, so we went to we went from escape to talk to to collect. I like this now. Um I like it going into negotiation. So I'm imagining at this point uh they need they, they're collecting materials but they need one more material and the only person who has it would be like a guard or you know one of the one of the yeah. evil people. Yep. But they're like a higher ranking yeah, guard. Yeah. And they're in the tavern and they're drinking. And so they're kind of intoxicated. And so it would be about negotiating over whatever they have with the advantage of them being drunk. I think it's interesting. It'd be a great scene. Yeah. And so. But wait, so we mm, haven't used kill so yet. So kill would so. be the last thing. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, you could. Okay. Hear me out. So you get all the materials. So somehow you, you know, hopefully the players are successful with their negotiation. Um, if not, change of plans. And as a DM, as a good DM, you'll have plenty of other verbs available, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So if you get what you need from this negotiation, the last thing left is kill. So I think on the way out, they're like, we need to slow this genocide. So it would be poisoning the food of the leader before they go through the, oh, before they go through the portal. Hmm. So then they can leave knowing that the, the, the head honcho, the head of the snake is cut off. Oh, okay. So I'm going to add to that. Okay. I'm going to love this. Um, so they, you slip the poison into the guard or whatever. The high ranking. Yeah. And um, you get back to your wizard who's going to cast a spell, but it's a ritual. So it takes him a few minutes as he's doing his thing. The guards yes. come in. They oh, were on to you. Oh, they that's good. You back to your that's thing. good. And and you have to protect this wizard as he's doing his thing. So you have to kill, right? Yeah. Like this is a oh, this is defend, do or die. Right? Yeah, but it's do or die. That's good. And so then you have this exciting final battle and this great escape. And that's frankly a great yeah. opening quest. Oh my god! And I love it because the first thing also became the last thing. Like yeah. escape was the greater <laughs> hook, but all the other hooks were worked into escape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gee, damn, that, that yeah. was fun. <laughs> yeah, I want to do that I just, more. I just wanna, <laughs> we should brainstorm quests I, together. I want to do that a hundred times. <laughs> yeah, I think that's we... also the bonus <laughs> of having other people. And this is good DM advice um, when you're stuck um, and you're like, I can't think of another plot point, or even I, even something as basic as I can't think of a, a good enough name for this NPC. Text people you know um, and ask, uh, just like, what's a good name? for a bartender uh you know what's what's a a good plot hook for my characters who are in this situation um because as we're talking here like i'm realizing like the uh, the ability to bounce ideas off other people Mm. especially when they have dungeon master experience is just insane it's like an orgy of innovation (laughs) (laughs) yeah to put it mildly mildly, yes And I love it because you can switch those five and completely change. Yeah, everything. it's a completely different. It's a completely different quest. You can have the same situation, and yeah, you can switch the order. And yeah, so I think that really nails home the point of action verbs being so great in just kind of mapping out a plot or mapping out a scene. Mm-hmm. I might just steal this opening quest for my next. Year, honestly. <laughs> it sounds really good. good. But like I said earlier, you also have to have not necessarily backup plans, but other options 
other um other forks in the road you know if they fail at the negotiation you know if they fail even the second one of talking yeah. to the wizard you know if they somehow offend the wizard even they're gonna have they to find another fail, way out of town. like escaping the crowd like then they're locked yeah up i mean there's to, you know yeah talk, negotiate with the guard or escape the jail like whatever yeah so it, it would change it so that's i mean that's the art of, of dming is the improvisation of getting new hooks when your other ones are not yeah right on bitten. the spot i think we're ready to move into the ball treasure Okay, so the uh, question vault for this week is, what is your favorite magic item? I feel like David is a big so fan I love of magic, magic items. magic items as a player because <laughs> I love breaking the yeah. game. Like, I, I will shamelessly say that because I, I, there's, so, <laughs> there's, so many, there's so many things that you could do with just magic items. I don't really use a lot of magic items in my game because I play with david and david tries to break the game so i'm very hesitant to give them out but on the other hand they're really fun and they just add such a good variety of spice to the game so i think my favorite item really just on paper because i've never really given this out is any of the wand uh items Mm. so like wand of fireball or um because they cast spells but from what i've seen from limited use items is that players just don't use them they always wait for a better moment to Pretty use much, yeah. And it never comes along. <laughs> and, and they never use it. So it's like, I just gave you an awesome thing that's too awesome to use. And I love seeing um, oh, analysis that's paralysis cool. like that. Yeah, that, that's cool. I think, I mean, I've got a long list of awesome magic items. So, you know, kind of going along with plot hooks still, starting plot hooks, like initial plot hooks, we'll definitely have an episode of, on that in the future. But starting plot hooks one of my go-tos for my my world is um you're at the reading of an adventurer's will how do you know that adventurer um and the adventurer will grant each player a magic item and i will give Mm -hmm. players magic items based on their play style based on like how they say they want their character to be yeah um and so one of the characters in my my game is a a ranger and rangers are (laughs) notoriously um pretty bad just like in general (laughs) like they they're not the strongest class um you know there's been rumors of a revised ranger but i found that to make rangers good you grant them some good magic items Mm -hmm. um so one of the magic items i gave um to this player who was a ranger like a reading from the will he was granted that adventurer's bow uh and the, the the bow you could bend the arrows um to ignore uh like medium cover Oh, uh, and it, 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 it's oh, cool. super cool because it's it's so flavorful. Because like, oh my god, that's so cool, and that's gonna come in handy so much. Even though in my game's cover with enemies is kind of rare, yeah. Um, but it's it's just it's just a, a good way to kind of give players buffs. I've honestly, I'm very guilty of this. If a player, you know, if I've noticed over you know half a dozen sessions that their player's damage output is pretty low, I'll give them a good magic item just to even the odds you know mm-hmm. so that's kind of an example that that bow good. is kind of an that's example great. of kind of buffing the ranger from day one it's very um fathery of you i think <laughs> to pay such close attention to your players yeah. and then like fill in the gaps oh man uh, i like it i think it's sweet uh, i think that the classic like magic item that i love is the bag of holding it's oh, oh my it's gosh. just How a giant freaking backpack and it's great and you could just, there's so many shenanigans <laughs> that you can do with it. 
I think that another item... It's overpowered. This, yeah, it's so overpowered. It's great. Another one is the portable hole. I think that one's also interesting, but it's not necessarily oh, yes. used as much. And there's a lot of, there's <laughs> a lot of stuff that you can do with that. And I love the interaction between the portable hole and the the bag of holding. It just like it tears like a <laughs> rift just in space and time if you put the the portable hole on the bag of holding and just like shoots. David's you to the breaking the game point. again. Yeah. <laughs> so told you, dude. Bag of holding. They're so op. Like my players, in my current game. They're you know they're going to the Isle of Chult and they have they have a bag of holding. That's a big one that they paid a lot of money for. But when they venture into the jungle, you know, they've got 200 gallons of water and 100 days ration of food. (laughs) And it's just like, so I I hope my players are listening. I'm going to take that from you. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) That, uh, because I mean, that's, it's so overpowered. It's so good. Just make them fall in a portable hole tiger trap and then their their (laughs) bag just implodes in front of their eyes. (laughs) There are some great, great, great mundane magic items in Xanathar's Guide oh, that are just so yeah. silly and great. Um, the, the one that's like a, it's a, I think it's called the Tankard of Sobriety. Yeah. Um, and it's just a, it's, it's a, it's a tankard, like a beer glass with a, <laughs> with a stern face engraved onto it. And whatever alcohol you drink from it is non-alcoholic. Oh and it's just gosh. so silly because you could just use it to win drinking contests. Yeah. Um, or to drink all <laughs> night. Like it's, it's ridiculous. I just love the idea of magic items that you have to make use of. For as a player, yes. it just makes it more challenging and interesting than being like, "Hey, you have a sword that's plus three, or you have a spell yeah. that can cast fireball." Like that's that's boring. Absolutely, I love trying to yeah. just make the most out of these these items, like winning a drinking contest with it. And then the players feel a sense of accomplishment when uh, they pull it off. Yeah, you feel like yeah, you've, you've done something really cool. It wasn't handed to you. Yeah. I think one of my, my, my players' personal favorite magic items that I, I gave to them was, uh, I think it's from Xanathar's Guide 2. It's, I think it's called Shield of Many Emotions. And it's just a shield oh, with yeah. a face carved in it. But the face changes. Yeah emotions so like it'll smile and it'll like open its mouth and it'll like you know cry and it'll like <laughs> so based on like what's happening I'm in picturing combat thomas the tank engine's <laughs> yes. face on a shield that's really that's accurate great. so whatever's happening in combat like the shield is like reacting emotionally <laughs> it's it's so funny so and, is the shield and i think sentient? it's just the same stats uh no because it can't i can't talk it just reacts like it just emotes oh, oh my um, and it's so <laughs> funny because like it just adds to the combat because they're like looking at the shield and like you know they might be underwater and the shield's just like gasping for air <laughs> <laughs> even though that's so silly like or like they'll be sh- and i don't think it has any additional stats uh, like, I think it's just a standard shield. Yeah. <laughs> but they love it because it, <laughs> it's reaction. And a lot of times they'll even, like, tell it jokes and stuff and see if it laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> Magic items are great. Thank you for listening to Vox Arcana, Episode 4. I'm William. I'm Jake. I'm David. We'll see you next time. <laughs>